And now, beautiful people going fast on fire. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast, Kino Club Edition. Welcome to the True Fiction's Kino Club Edition. What is Kino Club? A group of film lovers get together and watch a film. Then we meet after and break down what we saw. This is a warts and all recording where we share the good, bad, and the ugly. And there will be spoilers, so be warned. This meeting, we review the long-awaited sequel to The Matrix Saga, 2021's feature film, The Matrix Resurrections. Without further ado, Kino Club discuss The Matrix Resurrections. Okay, so we're here. I'm Pat. I got Norbert and Marshall. What do we think of this thing? I thought it was better than the two sequels to the original Matrix but it fell short of the original and I didn't think that the plot was, uh, the script was ready to go as of filming. And I wish they had worked harder to make something that made more sense. What do you think Marshall? um, I'm interested in uh, Norbert's view uh, because I, I was worried about this podcast because I thought it would be us all agreeing how horrible this movie was and the uh um i uh <laughs> i take it very personally about how bad it was just because i was such a fan of the first one and i think that i think we're on the same page except for where i differ is that i i prefer uh the two sequels over this one and i have a <laughs> i have a whole laundry list of reasons i dislike this one <laughs> but the uh i think <laughs> the the, some of the biggest being that, you know, like even even with the what was set up in the uh, the sequels, this one completely knocked it all down and started over. The plot has inconsistencies. I've seen and read a couple things where they talk about plot inconsistencies. Some of the acting just didn't feel on point. There were a lot of one-liners that I don't think caught. They felt very forced, like they were pushed in there. An example of this was the uh, when one of the main characters, her like uh, real name is Bugs, and she goes Bugs like Bugs Bunny, you know. And I was like, "What a cheap Warner Brothers cop out that was!" You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Really, just a kind of a cheap, cheap joke there. But there were there were a ton of things like that that just felt very forced and insincere the more I think about it, like between this and space jam, it really just feels like Warner brothers is trying to cash in on nostalgia as much as they can. You know, like they're in a season of just like, we're just going to feed you old crap and make as much money off of it. And then what I'm hoping is eventually, you know, once, once they've uh, filled the piggy bank, they'll start creating original ideas again. But this, I thought this movie was just God awful. And um, there was a, I discussed with uh, Pat and my brother about um, why this movie was so bad. And uh, my brother kind of talked about there were parts that were very meta that they felt like they were kind of giving like a monologue on why this is so bad. And one of the things he talked about, they, in the movie, they're forced to remake a game that they don't want to make. The Matrix uh, game. Yeah, that they thought was done. And uh, so this is thought to be maybe an allegory for what Warner Brothers was doing to the Wachowskis or or the owners of uh, The Matrix. And at first I thought, well, okay, I, I get it. You know, that's kind of an artistic approach. But the more I thought about that, the more angry I got because it's such a lazy way out. Such a, you know, it's like, even if you are forced into something like that, they could have put a lot more effort into making a good finished product instead of basically, you know, it was like, I felt like the sequels force fed us plot lines that we weren't, we didn't really accept and we didn't want to accept, but at the same time it added a structure to this world of the matrix, whether we liked it or not, things like, you know, the Zion raves and, um, kind of the whole hierarchy of Zion and just, uh, and then the way like the architect and, and the structure of the matrix and stuff. So I, I felt like, okay, these are plot choices or, um, you know, ideas that 
I don't really like, but it's still adding structure to this world that they're building up. And then, so this movie not only like knocked all of that down, you know, it's like structure that we didn't want in the first place. And then it's like, well, never mind, forget all that. We're going to put a whole nother structure up that is even less believable, uh, less cohesive. Really? Okay. All right. All right. Um, and, and that's the that's my short answer. <laughs> so my wife said after we got done watching it, she goes, "I don't know how you're going to talk for an hour on this." And she said, "Uh, it's terrible. That's all you have to say. It's terrible." <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure that's quite. You know, I I, I think that uh, we got a, a lot of the stuff to dive into. Go ahead, Pat. Well, so I thought there were some elements in it that were okay. Unfortunately, those elements did not take enough of the whole of the movie to actually to actually make it a, a good film and, and worth going seeing. So my take on this is uh, I agree a lot with what Marshall said, but I, I want to say that I enjoyed seeing Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss back playing these characters i enjoyed seeing them on the screen but their the script was god awful i so what i did was i went to the matrix resurrections wikipedia page and they do the plot on there and um <laughs> do yourself a favor i mean I, I this is a spoiler of course but before you go see it read the plot and then see if you want to see it because there's a lot of holes that you're going to go, but why did they do this? Or why was that? There were a lot of things that happened in the movie. It was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. The reason, the reasoning for the whole, um, like the crux of, of getting uh, Neo and Trinity back together, it doesn't make, they, it's nothing. It's not, it's like they were, they were good together. Bah, that was it. I really, that's pretty much it. Now, there's another thing that I had a real big problem with in this movie was that the whole thing about the Matrix is, is we live in a simulated society, which is a very interesting idea. I mean, some scientists actually believe that's true. So the Matrix was probably the first time I'd ever heard about being in a simulated uh, society that we were basically just O's and ones being manipulated. And there was, we were not in what we would so-call a real world. Well, in this movie, Matrix Resurrections, they really screw up whether there is a real world or a fake world uh, like uh, the Matrix. They they basically, you know, they're talking about source code of Neo, Neo's source code. What? Wait a minute. He's he's a human. So why would he have? I don't understand the source code. Maybe there's a guidebook that goes along with this movie that explains, you know, uh, how this all works. Matrix Resurrections for Dummies. Yes, actually. uh, Yeah. When you and you read through this plot on the Wikipedia page, Matrix Resurrections, you really want some kind of supplemental information because (laughs) it's all like, you know, and fairy dust made this happen. So it was like, but yeah, this is, I think the thing is the hardest thing to take, I think, is the Matrix, the very first movie was such a great idea that they really never could make that lightning in a bottle happen again, but they keep trying. Now, I will say this too, uh, and basically towards what Marshall was talking about, his brother was saying, if you read the history of, well, basically the Matrix Resurrection, you will read that the Wachowski sisters have said time and time again they would not make another Matrix movie, that they would absolutely not. And they finally, Warner Brothers started, uh, somebody else started writing a script for it. So, and that something happened there and they finally got to Lana Wachowski. Lily that has nothing to as far as I know, Lily has nothing to do with this movie. So, which we don't have the Wachowski sisters. We just have a Wachowski. So, all a lot of the people, the producers and stuff came along, but we have Lana Wachowski that wrote the script. And then when they started filming the script, it took a while for um, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss to come back. And then it got closed down for COVID. So, it was closed <laughs> down for, um, for a while, and uh, she was going to shelve it. Lana was going to shelve it, the idea, and then all of a sudden, the 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 the, the crew and actors said, "Look, we can do this." So they 
they went back onto it. But I agree also with Norbert in that script was not ready to, to make into a movie. I really hope the Wachowskis, I, I see, I think, I think they could, I think you could have a good sequel because I seen Matrix Relo- or, uh, Matrix Animatrix. There were some great stories out of the Matrix. I don't think it all has to be about Trinity and, and Neo. I think there's some other stories that they could tell out of that universe. For me, this was, uh, it was not a, a good time at the theater. Or my living room because I watched on HBO Max. <laughs> I uh, I think one of the things that you know you think about what made the initial Matrix so good, and I felt like it was the way they combined different things that we all like and things that we didn't even know we like. I mean, the idea of combining philosophy with martial arts, with gun battles, with basically superhero things with science fiction, with questions of what is reality. I mean, I felt like what made it so amazing was those combining of those elements. What is freedom? I mean, it asks very primal questions, whereas this felt like you could, it almost feels like whoever wrote it, it was the, it was like, well, we're just going to get the, the prime focus is going to be a love story between Neo and a Trinity. And they basically shoehorned a lot of the plot to make that work. And it just felt so much less than that world. And I, I, I always thought that what would, you know, to what piggybacking on what Pat was saying, the idea to, to refresh the Matrix is not in making more Matrix movies. To me, it's like to do what Star Wars did to rehabilitate their franchise through the Mandalorian. Look at side stories uh, and side characters and build a series of 10, 13 episodes, eight episodes, even six. Just concentrate on telling a good story within that, that universe because there's great stories to tell. And then allow people to, to find their love for that that universe again and all the magic that could that can happen if the story you know, you have great creators telling faithful in that universe because the universe is phenomenally interesting if if uh, done right. But it feels like this was, as you as you were saying about Warner Brothers, just kind of going for a crash cash grab. I don't blame them on one hand, but I, I don't blame, uh, what's her name, Lana for getting involved to try to, but it, it feels like she having been involved with, the first one would at least have, or the series of, as a whole, would have a better grasp of what the meaning of, of these movies are, because this just didn't feel like it. The prime motivator was, was you know, adhered to as it, they, they didn't adhere to the universe, even if we don't like the rules of the sequels, they build a universe. They didn't even follow that. And I actually liked to start. I thought, I mean, even though the met, you know, people are saying, well, that's kind of meta the game. I thought, well, oh, I can buy into this, but it felt like the plot, the holes of the plot started building upon himself up until the end where I was just like, oh, oh, I was so let down and deflated by the end. You know, why didn't Neo fly? Oh, well, because that doesn't serve the plot. So we're just going to take that away. But And we'll make Trinity fly. Well, that will be great, won't it? Well, no. It was exhausting, though. It, yeah. it, at some points it was exhausting watching the the you know the holes build up and the plot like that and yeah i just and it wears it wears me out thinking about it but then like what you're saying with that too is like something that i thought of is uh the the whole concept is a huge is just amazing the concept of the matrix and stuff and the original and there are a ton of different avenues and stories they can go down that would be a million times better than what we got with this one. And I think the most frustrating thing about it is that it was just, it was, it felt lazy. It felt extremely lazy. Like they, they broke the rule of a show. Don't tell. There was a lot of telling of the plot that you had to just accept in this one. They introduced new concepts and new ideas without really allowing the the viewer to accept them as they are and then they just move forward even the, the story at its core 
is waking up Neo and Trinity from the Matrix, which is like, you know, that's might as well be the first movie all over again. They introduced uh, the the robots now as like friendly machines that they've, you know, that they have the the one. This drives me nuts, but she was petting the robot, the sentient robot you know like an animal or a creature or something and then later they do something successful and the uh um the operator fist bumps one of the robots and i was just like this is garbage this is trash <laughs> like the whole the whole concept of this move or this franchise is that these horrible sentient robots have basically you know uh, the the war between man and these the sentients has uh you know it's scorched the earth forcing people to live underground and now she's petting it like a dog and he's gonna <laughs> fist bump like what is that <laughs> like that's the biggest slap in the face ever <laughs> the other thing too when you think about this what power do this do these uh these things run on of course it's people <laughs> okay it's people people so these creatures are being powered by actual people i'm not sure they don't have to plug in i guess they have wireless uh you know wireless charging but i mean that's why the, the whole matrix is there because people are the battery so there's kind of this lack of caring in a way i don't know it's just so bizarre that <laughs> it's like you know well you know some of some of my friends are cannibals you know well you know it's just how it is um, <laughs> Another, another hey, thing. but there that doesn't mean you're not a good person. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. Another thing that I do, I do have a problem with. Uh, well, first, I want to say that I agree, uh, Norbert. I when it first started, I was trying to, um, I was like trying to follow along. I have to say, uh, some of it didn't make sense, but I figured, you know, I would just would come. Look, the first time I seen the Matrix, I seen. I seen Trinity run all across the, these tops of these houses and stuff. And she, she goes down and she gets in this phone booth and a uh, big truck smashes into the phone booth. And I'm thinking, oh, well, she's dead. So that must mean she's going to be, it's all in flashbacks because I've seen, you know, the, uh, the trailers. Well, of course, we know that wasn't the case now. So that's what I thought when I was watching this. I was giving it the, you know, the benefit of the doubt. I was seeing things that were going on and go, oh, this will be explained later. Really wasn't, at least not satisfactorily. You know, I, I did like um, the uh, I did like the psychologist character, psychiatrist character up until it became too big of a story. You know, and then it, it was like, oh, but I guess my biggest problem with this movie and other franchises is you don't have to have a death star in every movie. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be super uber duper life or death every stinking time. And I think like you were talking about Norbert, I think that that's what we learned from the Mandalorian, you know, a lot now they probably now where the, the child is probably going to be some kind of uh savior to the universe. We don't know yet, but, um, but right now we're just having adventures with them, you know, whereas in the, in the movies, you know, I, I just wish that they would have done. I don't, I don't have to see a big, big, story and it doesn't have to be the life or death of of the of the people and i think they could have done this in a different way because it really came down to i mean the whole movie bus basically comes down to what you said it was a love story but also basically now we're saying neo was the one in the first movie trinity is the one in this although they do that kind of not showing you much of trinity at all until the very end and then and then it's like oh Oh no, she can fly now. Okay, so she's gonna be, and she's gonna do. She's gonna take her lead in it. So it's like, okay, but it didn't feel organic. Not at all. It felt very forced. Very forced. The Rotten Tomatoes gives this, which I'm kind of surprised, but the tomato meter uh, with a fresh rating is 65% of the critics and uh, 63% of the audience. So this says that. And sixty-five and sixty percent is what they call a fresh rating, so it's decent. You would tell people to go see this. I don't think I would suggest anybody going see this. I mean, here's the thing: 
I know my friends. I know the people that I know. The people that I know, they're going to go see this movie. It's just this is what they're going to, they have to. It's like, it's a Matrix movie. I have to go see it, you know? But I would urge everybody to read <laughs> the plot on the Matrix Resurrections uh, Wikipedia. Read the plot and just, and go, man, it just really doesn't make any sense, you know? So that's where I'm at on it. To me, like, it's like, uh, you know, those, you know those costumes that they made? I think it was like in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was like Freddy Krueger and Jason. And um, what it was is like a mask of Freddy Krueger. And then it was just a t-shirt with like the VHS <laughs> box of um, Freddy Krueger or one of the movies or something. <laughs> That's what this movie felt like to me. Was that, you know, so it was like, oh, the Matrix costume, you know. <laughs> and it's just a picture of the DVD box set. Yeah, it just... You know, and what I thought, the more I think about it, the more upset I get with it, too, because personally, I love the first Matrix. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And and then the Animatrix is amazing, going down different routes of this concept. And then the sequels to come out, I was, I was not happy about and did not like them, but I still felt like there was some action scenes and there were things that kept true to the brand even though at the time after watching it, I wouldn't admit that because it was just, it was still frustrating to see how they butchered the story and and how convoluted the story was after that time. But then like looking at the Wachowski's career also, you know, since then they've put out Speed Racer, which was uh, visually amazing. And then after that also there was Cloud Atlas, which I can't say I was a big fan of the movie, but I still respect it as a, a decent movie. I think there's a solid plot there, some amazing visuals. There was some uh, really amazing stuff done with makeup effects and just the way the, the plot worked in general. You know, I can see where an effort was made. You know, there was there was definitely a concept and execution I didn't feel that at all (laughs) with this one. And it just, it doesn't only feel like a departure from the original concept of the matrix. It feels like a departure from anything the Wachowskis would put their name on. Even I felt like, I mean, I know I've already said this, but the, a lot of the writing seemed lazy. Like the cafe that they meet at is simulate. Like, come on. (laughs) 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 And then there was also, they repeated, they showed over and over clips from the old movies. And I really wonder how much of that did we watch throughout the whole movie? You know, if you were to cut those pieces out, how much would that have taken off of the entirety of the movie? And then a lot of the filming felt like, um, like the camera style was like something from like, csi miami or some or like a show you'd watch on cbs and that's not i'm not criticizing any of those shows but it it has a certain uh feel and effect that the the cameras and the camera lenses use and then they they also repeated visual effects over and over there's the theme of like slow motion and things going slow and which was really a travesty because this you know the original matrix was the you know the pioneer of uh, using bullet time in a uh, you know an actual plot line in a story you know with uh, with the movie and and it was uh, that was a big deal you know the bullet time being used and stuff so for them to really cop out on you know a lot of the visual effects and and just use the slow mo over and over again was like ugh. No, the other thing that you want to talk about too, or you, I know they use clips from the actual Matrix movie and uh, and some of the other movies. I think I'm not sure now, but I know at least the the, the original Matrix. But the other thing they did was they redid parts of the movie and uh so a lot of it was rehashed so they they did the uh the scene with uh trinity being you know uh basically the opening scene in the matrix where the where the where trinity they catch her in the room and she kicks all the cops ass and she runs across the buildings they redid that whole thing that was already i mean that was already stuff that was already there i understand why they did it but then when we went to we also did the thing where you know morpheus gets a hold of neo inside the his office and tells him you know you have to go to the bathroom you have to go take a right you know and all this stuff and so uh, there were a lot of retreads in this movie now a lot of sequels do this and and i get it but 
when I was watching those parts, I was like, yes, I remember this from the matrix. This was really cool. You know, then when I, then the, the movie played out more, I felt a little cheated by those scenes. Like, well, you just rehashed so much stuff. And then the, a lot of things didn't go anywhere. Like, um, like the, the guys, uh, the psychiatrist's black cat was named Deja Vu. Well, we know that when you see a cat or a black cat in the Matrix, that's like it. That's like they've changed something in the Matrix. So was that whole thing just a, the symbology, a symbology of we've, we've got the Matrix, but it's the same thing, but we changed something? Is that what that was? I, I don't know. I mean, or was it just like, huh? You know, they'll remember this. It'll they'll this will give a little bit of uh, you know, uh, hey, that's cool. It's a black cat named Deja Vu. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I agree. The uh, it feels like for the amount of callbacks that it used, I feel like a good sequel uses callbacks and then it adds to the value of the entire franchise or expands on the story. And, um, you know, if you were to, if I were to never see that this movie, I would probably feel the same way I feel now about (laughs) this franchise. And it just, and for the amount of, you know, callbacks and throwbacks that it used, it was like, what is that even for? You're not adding anything. It's just a complete, you know, like thinking about it that way, it feels like just a slideshow of nostalgia, you know, like I, like they, the writers feel like I should be excited for these things because, oh, that was in the first one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's insulting. I, I, I felt like my, I felt disappointed almost more than uh, upset because I think about those those scenes that you was talking about. I can't think of any one of them that I enjoyed. Uh, I thought was as well done as the first one. Like all those sequences feel felt better done the first time. I mean, in the, in this one, they didn't use bullet time once. And I don't blame them for that, but it felt so pedestrian in the way that they put it together. It didn't feel like there wasn't anything innovative or even as exciting as the first one. I mean, I can't, you know, when he was running through that uh, the office building, I remember that. That was such a killer scene. Well, this didn't feel like that at all. I mean, it just, no. I, they cut in those other things and the Trinity opening, that was killer. This was like, oh, okay, you know, I got done watching that. I, it wasn't poorly done. When you do something exceedingly well, if, you, if you're going to call back and try to remind people of that, you've got to do something extra because if you don't, all you do is point out how pedestrian what you do are doing now in comparison to what I consider a, a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The more we talk about this, and and I I was after the film, I was a little, I was a little, I was kind of angry just because I felt like you know you you could have done so much more, and this is what you gave us. But I also think too that sometimes you have to think about put it all in perspective in that it definitely for me this isn't a great movie this isn't really to be honest it's not even a good movie but what made the matrix the first matrix great and and what made this movie what it is the different things are going on there are different things that are playing to this you know i think that i really do believe that and there was the meta part in there uh, where they're saying that, hey, they want a sequel. You know, uh, Neo's boss, or I guess it's Thomas Anderson's boss, pulls him into his office and says, you know, we have to make a sequel to this. You know, people are making us do this. And so we're going to do it. And, you know, we're just we need to we need to look go back on the, uh, the drawing board. And I really feel like that's probably one of these things where I know and I'm I'm at fault, too, because, well, not really me. But uh, so here's the thing. I wanted an, I wanted another Matrix, you know, and most of us did want another Matrix. But I had a caveat, and I know we all had the same caveat, which was if it does, if it's more like the first one and not like the other two, you know, because <laughs> the other two were as frustrating as this was, you know, because there were just plot holes and things that are just thrown in there for no reason at all. So, so what I'm saying is that I feel like there was a lot of pressure to make a movie. I don't think we would ever have got anything like the first matrix unless we just went straight to the drawing board and started like over and 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 kept the characters out those characters out of it you know uh neo could been it could have been a a different character with a different name or something that could have been played by keanu reeves i just i just think that 
I'm not hating on it because it was a cash grab. I'm, I'm, I don't want to hate on it. I don't want to, I don't want to hate it because I feel like that they let, let us down, which I just think that there was ever wasn't right to do this movie. It just didn't feel right. There was, there's a it, Lily being missing. Maybe that's the thing. What's going to happen now? I remember we talked about the Ghostbusters and I really feel like the Ghostbusters afterlife could be used as a catalyst to reignite that brand, reignite that uh, franchise. And I'm wondering if they thought maybe this could do this with this one. It almost feels like it was purposefully thrown so they wouldn't say we want another matrix because i don't want another matrix at this point i'm i'm done unless they want to do the short stories you know i i don't want to see these characters again because they it just seemed to uh it kind of ruined it for me i i'm 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 good with the the first matrix and the animatrix and uh and i'm 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 happy now to let it leave you know let it lie like if they said that they was going to uh, make a sequel to this movie in 2023, you would not watch it. Okay, so I can't say that. Of course, I can never <laughs> say that. You know, that's that's the thing. But but and and here's the other thing too. Back when the Matrix came out, we had we had to wait at least six months for it to come to um, to the television station. At least six months. If it was a big movie, it might might not come to the TV for a while. So you'd have to, you'd be forced to go see it at a theater, you know? And I think sometimes when you go to having, having movies so close, so accessible, I should say, is a big game changer. You know, I can, I can handle, you know, setting my uh, living room in my, you know, my shorts and my t-shirt, you know, with, with my shoes off and, uh, you know, with uh, my own food and whatever, and I've got a bathroom close, I can pause it. That's, that's pretty, that's a pretty nice thing. It's not a theater experience, but it does kind of, you know, take some of the, the big pomp and circumstance out of going to a theater. So I would be more, you know, it'd be like, oh, I got out of bed, and I got dressed and I put on deodorant <laughs> and drove across town to go to see this piece of crap. Well, now it's now I just, oh, I got up, you know, went into my, you know, went into the TV room, watched the movie. So it's a little bit different. And the other thing, too, is that I would like to think that I, I would say no. Here's what I would do. Because we're what um, we're like a week after the premiere of uh, the Matrix Resurrections, and I went to Wikipedia and I read the entire plot. That's what I would do first. Would I? And I would read reviews without spoilers. That's something that we didn't have as much access to when the Matrix, uh, the first Matrix movie came out. So. I'm I'm with you on that. I think I would watch it a, just in a different mindset. Um, there were multiple times through this one things would happen, and I I almost felt like just being like, nah, just turn it off, just turn <laughs> it off. And I think uh, you know I stuck with it because I thought, well, maybe things will wrap up toward the end, or you know they'll put a nice bow on it, and that never happened. So I think that I I would watch the sequel. I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> but, yeah. But if there was any time at all and just anything at all that made me question what was going on or why, you know, I just felt like something was stupid that happened in the plot, I would probably turn it off and just and just be done with it. I don't even know. I think for, you know, I'm so mad about this movie too because I I loved the first Matrix so much. I don't know if I'll even pay money to see something else with the Wachowski's name on it. I think, you know, things like Speed Racer and um, Cloud Atlas were good movies in their own right, but I don't even know if I'd want to continue to fund what they've done, you know, <laughs> to, to this movie. Well, they, they also did V, v for bitter, Vendetta. Bitter, bitter. Yeah, v, v for Vendetta. Well, and it just, you know, I had a I had a conversation with a friend about it, and and he, you know, he asked why I felt so passionately about it. And it's like, um, I loved the first Matrix and I felt like they were going to add to this. This could have been my generation's Star Wars. And you know what my generation got for more Star Wars? More Star Wars. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just everything they've done, you know, with the Matrix since ex excluding the Animatrix, I felt like has really been a disservice to the, the initial concept, the initial story. So Norbert, would you go see uh, in the twenty twenty five they come out with the uh, sequel to this movie? Would you go see it? Would you watch it? I should say. Uh, I think that 
I would watch it from home. I don't think I would go to a theater and watch it. Um, I, like I said, I would be much more excited about something like if Warner Brothers said, hey, we've got these uh, young uh, creators that would like to take a, a shot at making some stories in a Matrix universe. I would be much more interested in that. But I'm not really interested in any more Matrix movies. I don't think they're going to make any. I don't think the reception of this has been good enough. I, I and I, I feel like, I, I feel like it's sad because they wasted, as as Pat was saying, they wasted a you know a reuniting uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, Carrie Ann Moss. They wasted a good performance from Neil Patrick Harris. I, I, I think that. It's sad from that standpoint. I like I said, I, I'm more disappointed. Than I am angry for me, but uh, because I feel like it's just a lost. I mean, they've just, you know, anybody involved with this has not really helped themselves. I don't think this is going to help the the Wajahowskis make any movies. I don't think it's helped Warner Brothers. I don't think this has helped the fan base. It's just not helped anybody. It's not helped. So I I feel. I feel disappointed from from that standpoint, but you know I've seen a lot of this lately. I, I've seen it with Star Wars. Um, I've seen it in other franchises, so I'm not really surprised. I'm 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 almost accepting that that's the way things are going to go until you get you know these these intellectual properties degraded to a point where it's cheap enough for some young hungry creator who has some real talent to get a hold of it. And at that point, something will happen because I guarantee you there's some great creative talent that would love an opportunity to play in the Matrix universe, in the Star Wars universe, and so many of those other IPs that that have influenced people and have given so many people so much enjoyment. So, I mean, I'm hopeful, but it may just take a little, uh, you know, kind of a bottoming out before that happens. I do want to say, I know we're really uh, beating it up a lot, but I do want to say I agree with you, Norbert. I think that I thought that uh, Neil Patrick Harris did a really good job. And especially, I think at the very beginning was just, I really loved the character, you know, and then I just felt like they kind of blew his, I think they all did well. And then uh, Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves did just really good jobs with what they were given, I thought. I thought that they, they're, you know, these are, seasoned actors and actresses that just do very well now i don't i didn't care for um the replacements of some of the characters that they had the morpheus character and the smith character i i wasn't really fond of those that felt like i felt they could have done better but i i think everybody you mean you don't like Kristoff from frozen as agent smith <laughs> is that who that was okay i didn't i yeah. didn't know that but yes yeah, huh. I had no clue. That's interesting. Um, and so he he played a dick, you know, two movies. <laughs> 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 that wasn't Christoph the, the the douche. I can't remember. No, I no, thought. no. He was a good kid. Oh, he but... was a good one. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, well. yeah you, I know you're thinking of the other one. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, me and Frozen go, wait, we should have done a review on Frozen, you know, but uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, no, no. no. That's the thing. That's the thing that really gets me about this movie is there were some elements that were pretty good, but I, I did, like Marshall said, I felt like it was a, it was filmed like a television show. And the other thing too is you have to have some feeling of danger for the antagonist, the characters, the protagonist. You know, all these people. There's got to be a, a something that feels like you know there's something that can be hurt or taken away it just felt like paint by numbers movie to me it didn't i didn't feel like uh, i was never uh engaged in this film i never felt like it it took me on a ride and i and i i went with it i didn't at all i i felt like i was just watching it you know i wasn't in, involved with the movie and i that's not my fault I, I believe that's the the maker's fault but the movie made sex so far the movie's made uh six nine million dollars worldwide i don't that know ain't that, very much not for this not yeah. for the first week i don't think so i think they probably i think it'll probably make its money back i just i you know and and the bottom line is this you know you have warner brothers and all these people one of the reasons they won't go the small route i don't believe is because um 
because there's not enough money in it, you know, in the small route. And then, and it's, I don't know how much the movie made, how much it costs. I, I was wondering how much this cost because it was like, although I don't think it looked that great. I mean, there was a lot of eye candy out there that, that looked like there was money in it, a lot of CG and stuff. And I'm, I'm not, I'm with you, Nora, but I'm more disappointed that I'm angry because this means so much more about the franchise, you know, not just that it came out with kind of a, a movie that got a lukewarm reception. It also means that the franchise Warner brothers doesn't have that kind of money just to throw around. They're not going to put money in it, put, you know, as they say, good money after bad. The, the other thing too, maybe is that's one less franchise or one less uh, rehashing that we're going to have to see again. You know, let's get some fresh ideas out there. I've been surprised for years that there hasn't been like a animatrix series, you know, that just, that seems like such an obvious or even just some sort of matrix stories series. It just seems super obvious that I'm, I'm just completely surprised. Makes maybe that's, if there was some behind the scenes conflict that prevented that, because that seems like a no brainer yeah. as well. And it seems like the Wajahowskis were wanting to keep that universe afloat. They had graphic novels and yeah. the whole nine yards. It's what's really interesting too. One thing that I really love about the matrix is, is now it's part of our culture because we know what it means when somebody says a glitch in the matrix, you know, that, that means that something happened that doesn't feel right. Something feels like off, almost like if a, a supernatural thing, you know, a glitch in the matrix and a lot of the uh, Mandela effect. Yeah. You know, that people uh, think that's a glitch in the matrix where, you know, some <laughs> people remember um, the Berenstain pairs and some people, but it's real or the Berenstain bears, but it's actually the Berenstain bears. They remember, Oh, just a bunch of crazy stuff. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Google Mandela effect, and there's just a Google it. Google that, it. Just Google yeah, it. Yeah, Google that. Google. But it's a, but it is. Yeah, like the the idea is that you know when things are strange or you know there's also the idea that we're in an alternative universe than what we were originally in or something's changed in the matrix. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely permeated culture, even with the you know the a lot of times you hear people talk about the red pill, blue pill. Yes, you know, and, mm. and making decisions and things like that. Um, so it's it's something. Yeah, it definitely has a ripple effect through culture. The this is kind of off subject here, but to to go back on this, something that I felt like was a total swing and a miss was the Agent Smith character. So many times I've seen where actors take on a role of another iconic character. And then they basically do their interpretation of it and just knock it out of the park. I don't even feel like he he tried to channel Agent Smith. You know, there was no and if he did, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. It felt like he was doing his own thing. And that's such a iconic how many times have you seen that parodied or you know the Mr. Anderson, you know, you live two <laughs> lives. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Just, it's crazy that they I'm, didn't I, I'm do with more you on the that. I'm I'm with you on that, and as well as the the, the replacement for Morpheus, Shawe Abdul Mateen. Yeah. You know, he he just was there. I didn't feel like he. I didn't feel like there was much of a character there. Yeah. Well, more uh, Lawrence Fishburne was very commanding in that movie in in the original Matrix. I That's mean, very true. Yeah, him and Hugo Weaving were powerful characters in that film, and neither of those characters felt powerful to me. Right. Um, they felt yeah, they, like accessories. Yeah. They felt like NPCs, non-player characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, uh, we, I, I still ahead. don't understand why Agent Smith went against Patrick Harris's character at the end. Freedom. Just he like, just wanted the freedom. Whatever that means. I don't know what kind of freedom <laughs> yeah. a, a program needs, but that was, a, that was a reason we were given. I mean, yeah, none of it made any sense. We talked about how much it made. And I started thinking about Warner Brothers, in my opinion, <laughs> as tank this franchise. <laughs> and then um, along with uh, Space, you know, and I think respectively, the way that these were filmed, maybe they still made a profit. But what I'm wondering is now, you know, I'm sure that movies aren't, you know, Warner Brothers only income stream and stuff. But, you know, years ago before streaming services and um, direct-to-home movies through streaming services, would a movie like this, would this have hurt Warner Brothers? Would this have, you know, 
would this have been in you know an issue to the production company i'm gonna say yeah i so what i think that they have well, you know, they're more diversified now, so they don't have all their eggs in one basket, whereas there are plenty of movies that, that have tanked studios in the past. I remember there was one studio, I can't remember the name of the studio, they put out Hook, and then they put out the other Robin Williams movie about... Uh, Fisher King, was it? Fisher King, right. They put out the, right. the Hook and the Fisher King, both were, were usually successful movies, but... They they spent so much on the productions that the studio couldn't recoup and it had to close down. And I, I think about that uh, with with studios. And I, I think back on um, when you see studios do some crazy things like Peter Jackson walked into New Line and said, I want to do The Hobbit or I want to do the the uh, the Fellowship of the Rings. Um, and they they greenlighted him. And if you'd ever seen his movies that he'd done before, there's no way I would have greenlighted him on this, you know? So, I mean, they basically. Furthermore, they, they financed all three movies. And if it didn't turn a profit, they were, they were, they were sunk. They were sunk. So there were some bold things out there. Uh, Luckily that all worked out. So it's different now that a lot of, a lot of places are, um, so diversified i don't know if they've got you know how much it would hurt i mean i this could hurt their film business i don't know i would suspect that it depends on how well they're streaming how well it does on streaming on hbo Max, because it's come out at the same time yeah if they got a lot of viewership in that that helps keep the subscriptions up but here's what i you know you said something earlier maybe this will encourage fresh ideas I don't think so. And the reason I think it is that you think of it like this. Are you wanting to sink, especially during the pandemic where profits have been down for the last couple of years? Do you want to put sink a lot of money into a new fresh idea by maybe a proven or not so proven creative talent like a young Peter Jackson or something? Or are you going to invest in a reboot of a franchise that made tons of money, even if it's been 20, 30, 40 years ago, with a known names as a financial investment. My guess is most of these studio execs are, are very risk averse. Absolutely. That was kind of my, my, my follow-up thinking to that was maybe they knew <laughs> that this was going to be a flop. You know, maybe what we got was the budget of a flop and they're, you know, they're because of streaming services and stuff, they can get away with pumping out basically um, nostalgia, you know, and, and then people just clinging to that, you know, cause there, I mean, there was a, like, I think even if I read the reviews on this and I knew it was bad, I would still have to watch it to give it a chance sure. myself. And I wonder, you know, if, is there enough people? Is that calculated into their business model now? Like, are we going to, because between, and I keep referring to this, but I, I felt like the same treatment towards Space Jam, you know, the, the new Space Jam, the, uh, it, it had some, there were some concepts that were kind of neat and original compared to the other one, unlike <laughs> this movie. But the uh, but I wonder, you know, is this is this the state of things to come with the streaming direct to home movie? You know, it's just this kind of nostalgia grab where we're going to get kind of these maybe lower budget movies, but people feel endeared to them enough to still watch them. I think that's why the just to be honest, I think that's why the Star Wars franchise is still alive. And I don't think <laughs> yeah. it's anything. I don't, honestly, I don't. I don't really think that it's anything new. I think that we've we've done the rehash thing for a long time. I did want to make one point though, and this is a crapshoot, but I think studios need to be looking at. I don't think that they all have to be these big budget movies. I mean, what they really need right now is a Blair Witch because the Blair Witch costs like four thousand dollars and has still making money you know what i'm saying so that's what they need they they need something uh, like that of course that's like saying you know uh, i need uh i need a matrix again you know because that (laughs) movie was just the bomb well uh we pretty much beat the shit out of this dog Uh, (laughs) let's uh dog 
<laughs> Poor dog. Let's uh it let's... knows what it did. It, <laughs> <laughs> it took a it took a, a poopy caca in the front room. <laughs> yes, yes it did. Yes, yes it did. And, and we are here rubbing, rubbing its nose in it. Um, Before uh, so, we have to clean up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know how we feel about this, but let's go ahead and give our uh, last thoughts. My last thought is, if you're thinking about watching this movie, watch the original and skip this one. <laughs> That's fair. That's good, yeah. What do you think, Marshall? I uh, I reflect that uh, sentiment. I had something witty that I, I, I thought of earlier. Now I can't remember it, but the uh, ultimately I'm I'm just... I'm disappointed in this movie and uh, it was bad and they should feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel personally insulted by it. uh, Just by, you know, how much my, my love of the original was. And um, I recommend what Norbert recommended. If you're thinking to watch this, just watch the original again. And if you need something new that watch the animatrix, if you haven't watched, if you watch the matrix and you want something fresh, and you haven't watched Animatrix? Watch that. I really do feel like Charlie Brown. The Matrix is the foot. The Matrix Resurrection is a football, and uh, <laughs> Lana Wachowski is the Lucy. You know, she put that out for me to you know take that big kick, and it and she pulled it out from under me. You know, same sentiment as Norbert. And that has a, that has happened multiple times with multiple franchises in the <laughs> yes. last decade. That's true, and your your results may vary. You may watch it and go, these guys are fools. That was just an um, amazing movie. I think you're an idiot if you feel that way, but hey, you know, we all have our own um, rights to have our own opinions. So yeah, and check out The Matrix Resurrections on Wikipedia. Look at the plot and see if you really want to watch this. And you may, you may want to. So, All right, folks, uh, this has been a lot of fun and uh, hopefully the next movie will be better. I, I think the one good thing I do want to say is to what you said on your point about, you know, um, Carrie and Moss and uh, Keanu, they still brought it. You know, they still, I think they still did a good job acting. I think Neil Patrick Harris, for the most part, although I don't think he was suited for this this role or movie, did a good job. Oh, cool. But that's, yeah. that's who who that's is it. suited for that role <laughs> in that I, movie? Why couldn't we get Gilbert Godfrey in that role as a psychiatrist? <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Have a good night. Later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. You're too late.